Good morning. That is one hot mic there. There we go. Good morning. I, if you were sleeping, you're now awake. It's official. Welcome. It's good to see you all. Thanks for joining us today. We got a great celebration in store for us. Come on in, find a seat, and uh, we're going to get this party started real soon. I hope that you have come today with an open heart, open mind to whatever it is that God would have for you today. Perhaps even what God would want to do through you today as we impact one another in the midst of our worship. Um, so let's just, let's just serve the Lord today, worship Him in spirit and in truth, and, and open ourselves up to Him. It's going to be great. I, I hope you received um, a bulletin on your way in. Please do take some time to look through that uh, as it usually has very helpful information about things that are happening around here. And if you're interested in learning more, you can go to our website, woodlandlifecenter.com that uh, has even more details about things that are happening around here. I just want to give a quick report. We hosted a, a play this weekend, uh, Little Women. If you didn't get a chance to see that, it was tremendous. And we had, I don't know, about 200 people here, I think, in attendance. And most of them I had never met before. What a tremendous outreach uh, opportunity that we had this weekend, um, ministering to our homeschoolers that are in our area and uh, I'm telling you, it was great. Um, I, I'm mentioning that because it just, it's just quite still a celebration of what, what this space offers um, throughout the week, not just on Sunday mornings when we come together for worship, but with our basketball ministry that's happening on Tuesdays, which we're going to celebrate that again today, and, and even turning this around and, and, and having a production up here and then flipping it around and having church. It's a lot of work, but man, it's worth it. So uh, what a wonderful time that we had together. You won't want to miss the next one. I don't know when it's going to happen. We'll make sure and let you know. Um, but it was, it was awesome. So that, comes, that report comes to you from yesterday. Okay, so I want to invite us to stand together. Please do shake a few hands around you. Just get to know a name. Welcome each other in to worship and let's sing.
Resurrection Sunday, when we were filled with hope and joy, realizing that you died and rose for us, God. We, I often find that after an incredible Sunday like that, I go into the rest of my week 
going back to school and I tend to sink back into my attitude of, oh, but man, this life here on earth, while I'm still waiting for you to return, is really hard. It's hard to maintain that joy throughout my week. But God, we choose to declare that there will be an end to these troubles until the day that you return we will continue to praise you here on this earth even though we can't see you with our eyes god we cling to the joy of your resurrection of, of our salvation that you've given us even here in this pain this evil dark world god we choose to worship you here choice we make every day. this morning. stronger than the power of the yes you are jesus you're constant in the trial and the change one thing remains just one thing remains sing it out your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love, your love. 
a reminder I need every day, Jesus, that your debt has washed me clean, your death has resurrected me with you, God. You may be seated. Well, I confess I was nervous this morning because... Steve made me switch from my headset wireless thing to this giant structure of a microphone so I can't really run across the stage anymore. Um, but man, you guys are worshiping anyway and I love it. It's so good to be with you guys this morning. to continue to make the choice together, church, to fix our eyes on Christ right now. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me.
no shadow you won't lie mountain won't climb up coming next to me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me do you believe that this morning there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me oh jesus oh there's no wall you won't kick down you won't tear down coming after me Rest in that love this morning. Um, I'm going to read you guys, read to you from Romans 8. Um, and this is the message version. 
This passage talks about our mindset after we have received our resurrected, redeemed lives in Christ. And I thought that this would be appropriate to talk about the week after Easter. Now that we have celebrated in, in his resurrection and in our salvation, the price that he paid for us, the scripture has some great stuff to say after the fact. So here we go. Romans 8, this is verse 12. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. There's nothing in this life for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and there are places to go. This resurrection life that you have received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? I want to read that again. This resurrection life that God has given you is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God every day with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God, what is next? What do you have for me today, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday morning? God's spirit touches our spirits, and he confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and now we know who we are. He is our father, and we are his children. And we know that we are going to get what's coming to us an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him here on earth, if we go through the hard times with Christ, we're certainly going to go through the good times with him in paradise, in heaven for eternity. We know who he is, and we know who we are. Even here on this earth, through the hardship, because we all know once you're saved, that does not mean that your life becomes really easy. Here on this earth, while we're still waiting for Christ to return, we know who he is, and we know who we are.
church. Precious, oh, precious is the flow 
on your name today you are the creating and sustaining God of all the universe yet we celebrate your shed blood today that you the creator of all things crammed yourself into flesh <laughs> you became man And you walk this earth in perfection, becoming the, the spotless lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You became our sacrifice for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We celebrate this gift that you have given us, the fact that you died on a cross so that the sins of humanity could be redeemed. It is a gift that you have offered us. You are offering it uh, to us even still today. It is simply ours to accept. Ours to agree to. You have already done the work. And so we say yes to you. We say yes to your plan We say yes to the fact that we acknowledge our failures. We acknowledge our shortcomings. We acknowledge our sin. And we stand before you today asking for your forgiveness and thanking you for the forgiveness that you have given forgiveness that you are given even right now in this moment to some who are praying this kind of a prayer we are your people we are called by your name we humble ourselves before you today we turn from the things of the world and we fix our eyes on you Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. This is your place. You are our king, and we worship you today because you are worthy for who you are and for what you have done. And we even praise you in advance for what you are going to do. And we entrust ourselves to you. We entrust our stuff to you. The things that consume us, our circumstances, the things that can weigh us down, our, our stressors, our anxieties, our burdens, our, our troubled relationships, or e even our broken relationships. We, we bring these things to you, to your feet, and we... We, we, lay, we lay them there. We let them go. And, and it's not because they go into oblivion. 
but it's entrusting them into your care. You have plans for us. Plans to prosper us, not to, not to harm us, but to give us a, a hope and a future. So we, we relent to your good and your pleasing and your perfect way, your perfect will. And when we do this, when we relent, when we let go, we are consumed by peace. <laughs> we are consumed by your peace, overcome by your peace. And it's what we need in a world that is full of chaos. We walk in peace because we are yours and you are ours. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all prayed and everybody said, amen, you may be seated. And as you're being seated, I wanna invite our ushers to join me up front as we prepare to bring our tithes and our offerings to him today. And I just wanna say, if, if you're a visitor here today, this is, uh, you don't pay to come here. <laughs> we don't pay to have relationship with Jesus. Uh, what he offers to us, he offers freely. He's already paid the price. Our giving, it's sacrificial, but it, it, it serves to bring ministry to the world. We have missionaries across the globe that we are supporting. And so we, we give today, we give with hearts that are full of joy and expectation that we, we do so because we know that he is blessing us. And he is our provider. So Jesus, take what we have to offer you today. Use it. Bless it. Multiply it. Accomplish your kingdom purposes with it. Build your church across this planet, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Nothing can draw sin at all. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. How precious is the flow that makes me white as
Jesus had died on a cross. Some of his followers had observed it. But in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of his arrest, his his torture and his his imminent death, most of them had they had they had scattered. Terrified, really, um, o- overwhelmed with terror that essentially they, they believed they were next. They believed that uh, the guards, those that were responsible for all this that was happening to Jesus, they were coming after them as well. They went into hiding. Now, three days later... Jesus raises from the dead. It's miraculous. But things have changed. He, um, prior to his death, he was walking in, in a regular body, and they were following him, and, and they, were, they were witnesses to his teaching. They were witnesses to his miracles. Um, they, they saw everything that he did, and they heard everything that they said. They, they were witnesses to this. Once he dies and then raises from the dead, there, there is a change in their relationship with him, in their connection with him. He's coming and he's going. It's, it's quite miraculous how he's traveling about. He just shows up on the scene. He's able to... This is like superhero comic book kind of stuff. But he's, he's able to show up inside of private rooms, inside of closed doors. He's kind of like walking through the walls kind of a thing. He's just showing up on the scene and he presents himself and they, and they witness it and, and, they're, and they're amazed at, at what they're seeing. Some, some of them are struggling with, are they, are they, is this a ghost? Is it, how, how is this happening the, the game has changed in how they're relating to this person called Jesus. In John chapter 20, we read about Thomas, starting at verse 24. Thomas, Thomas is one of the the apostles, one of one of the disciples, one of one of these that, that were closest to Jesus. But Thomas isn't at the scene when these it, when Jesus shows up in some of these first appearances. So Thomas is hearing it secondhand. And quite honestly, he's struggling, it appears. And so we pick up the reading, John chapter 20, at verse 24. Here's what it says. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord You just if you stop there, Jesus died. It was 
It was a public display of, of torture and crucifixion. He was buried. He was put into the ground. Days went by. This is the norm. This is, this is the norm. And, and so when, when Thomas is hearing this abnormal story, this super normal kind of a story, the truth is his response is, I believe, like what most of ours would be. Uh, hmm. But they're saying, we've seen the Lord. Well, there's got to be some kind of explanation. I, I just don't know. And he says to them, here's the deal. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, unless I put my own finger where those nails were, unless my own hand touches his side where that spear was jammed into it. I don't know that I can believe your story. I will not believe your story. A week later, seven days later, th this is, again, this is a change in the, in a, in in their paradigm of how they're connecting to, engaging with Jesus. He's, he's coming and he's going. And sometimes his going is for days and days and days. And by the way, this happens over a period of about 40 days. So a little over a month's time, this kind of paradigm is, is, is existing. And we're right in the middle of it here. It's been over a week, and Thomas has just struggled to, to believe their words. And you know what? It's understandable, isn't it? This is a crazy story. Kind of. Because we know that Thomas has already witnessed another significant resurrection. After all, it was just a few weeks before when Lazarus came walking out of the tomb after four days. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. He kind of did his superhero thing, just showed up on the scene. See, they're hanging out behind locked doors because they're still in terror. Even after all these days and, and weeks, they're, 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 they're still in, in an assumption that the chief priests, the law, the teachers of the law, they're, they're coming after them too. They, they want to... They, they want to put this whole thing, this whole group of people, out. Behind locked doors, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, 
put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side here. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas, and, and, and I, I know it doesn't say it here, but boy, the, the picture in my mind, I, I just, I'm sure he just falls to his knees. My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Blessed are you because you have seen me. You have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I want to invite my brother Dan Baker up here. Dan's been part of our church for quite some time now. And uh, Dan's a Bible college student. And uh, I think it was last semester, he he did uh, a paper on Thomas and we worked on it together. And I'd I'd invited him to, to, to share a little bit about his experience with Thomas, and a little bit of his own story and how it connects. So I hope your mic is on. I think so. Is okay, it? there you go. Danny, fine. share. Um, thank you for the opportunity. I'm really excited to be here and talk to you all. Um, you know, I think Thomas gets a really bad rap and that we judge him very harshly based on the five verses that we just read. In the Gospel of John, we meet Thomas three times, and this is the last one. And the first one, and the first one, Jesus is preparing to go back and raise Lazarus from the dead. He's just been in Judea. They threatened to stone him. They were planning to arrest him, and he left. Now he's going back. The other disciples say, don't you realize that they just tried to kill you? They want you dead, and now you want to go back. And Thomas, in verse 16, chapter 11, says, let us also go with him. And if he's going to die, let us die with him. Thomas was truly devoted to following Christ. The second time that we meet Thomas, Jesus is teaching, and he's explaining to the disciples that he's going to go away, that he's going to spend time with his father, prepare a place for them, and he'll be back for them. I'm sure that they're wondering, where is he going? How do we get there? And Thomas, asking the questions that everybody wants to ask, says, Lord, if we don't know where we're going, how are we going to know how to get there? Jesus explains to them that he is the way. The third time that we meet Thomas, his world has been rocked. He's witnessed Jesus' crucifixion. He knows that Jesus has died on the cross. He goes where we don't know. Where he doesn't go is with the other ten apostles into an upper room to share in their grief. If Thomas stays with his brothers, Thomas never gets labeled as doubting Thomas. 
because he's there the first time that Jesus appears. I think one of the lessons from Thomas's experience for us is that when life explodes, which it does, our relationships fall apart, we lose jobs, our kids get in trouble, whatever it is, we have two choices. We can press into God, press into the body of believers, and sharing that experience of corporate worship that brings us closer to God. Or, as Thomas did, we can go off by ourselves, get caught up in our own grief, and miss out on the blessings that came to the other disciples at that time. Thomas's reaction, as Brian said, it's kind of normal. For us, we have the benefit of looking back on 2,000 years of history, having the Bible, having people to teach us what it says, how it applies to our life. For the disciples, this was real time. This was real life. Jesus had been crucified. He was dead. Everything that they had been doing for the past three years was in turmoil and chaos. Thomas's reaction was the same one I think all of us would have. This can't be true. This doesn't happen. It's impossible. And when I see it with my own eyes, and I can touch him with my own hands, then I'll believe. How does this relate to the rest of my life? How do I apply this to myself? I have struggled with faith, doubt, probably for most of my life. In fact, my mom and I have probably had the argument 25 or 30 times over my life that this would be a whole lot easier if Jesus would just come into the room, let us all touch him, and then we would have it really easy. My mom's answer, you're right, Dandy, that would be easy. But then it wouldn't be faith. And so as life happens and things unfold, I moved here 2015, I think, in August. I moved here with one mission and one thing only on my mind, and that was I was going to come, I was going to go to Bible college, and I was going to serve God. October 2016, I woke up in Teller County Jail. No job, no home, no family, no idea where I was going to go. You want to talk about doubt? God, I came out here to serve you. And now I'm laying in a prison cell? How does this work? Why is this happening? Why am I going through this? For about, I don't know, Brian, eight days? Eight days I sat in there questioning everything that I had done over the last year. And where does it go? And at the end of that experience, when I finally got out, there was a sense of calm and a sense of peace that whatever happened, however it played out, God had a plan, and no matter what I did to destroy it, he was going to make it happen. So here we are, 18 months later, and I'm talking to you about faith, belief, and understanding Thomas. The whole entire purpose of the Gospel of John, as Brian said last week, is the concept of us believing. Over 100 times, the word believe is used in the Gospel of John. It is the entire 
purpose of John's gospel. In fact, after we meet Thomas, and John closes it, he tells us that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples. And the reason that these are written down, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The relentless love of God. Man, when you sang that song, I love it. Because from the time I was a little kid till now, God has done absolutely nothing but pursue me. From crack houses, bars, jail cells, constantly God has pulled at my heart. When everybody else in my life and everybody else in my world gave up on me, he didn't, and he won't. And I think it's really awesome that we're talking about this today as we have all these people here to get baptized and, and profess their faith in Christ. Because honestly, if you sit there and struggle with the labels that the world puts on you, Jesus takes those all away. Yes, I was a drug addict. Yes, I was an alcoholic. And right now, I am saved, and I am loved more than I have ever been loved in my entire life because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me. Um, I'm really glad that I got to talk to you all today. Um, this has been... <laughs> This has been a long time coming. This has been something that um, I have wanted to do for a long time, that I have felt God calling me to do for a long time. And quite honestly, for about 30 years, I ran as fast and as far away from that as I could. But I have never felt better than I do right now. be able to stand in front of you and tell you Jesus loves you. He died for you. And no matter what you are going through, no matter what struggle you face, no matter what turmoil you find yourself in, he will be there right next to you the entire time making sure that you get through it and that his purpose for your life is fulfilled. And I want to thank you very much for letting me speak to y'all. Brian, thank you very much. Consider the, the change in trajectory, not, not just in Danny's life, which, which you just heard, but in the lives of these people that were in hiding out, out, of, out of tremendous fear for their own safety. And then Jesus, the, it's, it's the resurrection. Jesus, Jesus begins to show up on the scene over and over and over again. And, and suddenly their trajectory, their life trajectory is, is dramatically changed. Of course we know Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, that is when they move out from behind closed doors 
and they begin to stand before whomever they can stand in front of, kings, queens, judges, courts, whatever, whatever they end up facing, and all of them end up facing some kind of martyrdom. But the trajectory of their lives completely changes because of the resurrection. This, this is our, this should be our reality even still today. Jesus is a trajectory changing kind of person. He comes into our lives no matter, no matter what the condition is, whether it's a jail cell or, or, or the crack house mentality or, or what it might be. He comes in and he begins to change us. And when he changes us on the inside, that's when our life's trajectory goes in whatever direction he wants to take us in. Our lives should reflect the death and the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, this baptismal and the water still warm. This baptismal right here reflects the death and the resurrection of Christ. Scripture tells us that when we are baptized, we join in the death and resurrection of Christ. It's why we take them all the way under, and then we don't hold them there. <laughs> we, we bring them up because our lives should reflect His resurrection. It's why they get in on one side, they go under, and when they come out, they go out on the other side. There's a, there's a trajectory change. This doesn't magically do it. This reflects. This is a picture of what is already taking place. We have some that are ready. And I want to release them to go get themselves prepared. Because we're going to have baptisms in a few moments. But while they're doing that, I, I want to invite the rest of us to, to close our eyes for a moment. Danny nailed it with, with this simple word. God loves you. Jesus loves you regardless of what your life has looked like up to this moment. Regardless of what you have been participating in up to this moment, the truth is Jesus loves you, and he died for you. I talked earlier about this gift of salvation. And I, what I want you to imagine right now, I want you to picture this. A Christmas tree. Why not? We love Christmas. A Christmas tree. And underneath that tree is a present and it has your name on it. But that gift is not yours until you grab it and open it and receive it and accept it. Until then, it's just a box under a tree. 
untouched. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth today. That is, that is salvation. It is, a, it is a package underneath a tree and it's got your name on it. Have you received it? Have you accepted it? Have you said yes to it? If you have not, it's still not yours. But I'm telling you, even right now in this moment, it is being made available to you. And it can be yours. Eyes are closed. Mine are the only ones open right now. Is there anyone in this room that wants to receive their gift? If so, will you just slip up your hand? Is there anyone in here that wants to say yes? One. Anybody else? I, I don't want you to miss your opportunity. I'm not going to prolong this either. But I just, you have the opportunity to walk out of this place today knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Is there anyone else? We're going to say a prayer together. I want to invite everybody to join me in this prayer. And this one that has raised his hand as he's praying, as he's saying the words, as we're all saying, he's doing it, accepting Jesus as his personal Savior. But will you repeat after me, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. I believe. I believe in who you are. I believe in what you have done. You shed your blood on the cross for me. I have sinned. I have fallen short of your perfection. I need a Savior. You are him. Forgive me of my sins. Change my trajectory. Change my life. Make me new. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we just celebrate... I think our kids are you our kids coming in to participate. So kids are coming in. You can find your folks. They're gonna join us as we celebrate these baptisms. I want our baptism candidates to come right up here and line up when they're ready. For those of you that have not been a part of our baptism services, we really only have one rule. We do not golf clap. I love golfing, but golf clapping is not appropriate for baptisms. Folks, this is a party. It's a celebration. We're going to get a little rowdy because of what has happened in these people's lives. I, I want, if we'll just go ahead and maybe just kind of watch a little bit of this video. Classic song, but it just kind of tells us 
what baptisms are about a little bit. We have, yeah. I think that just about says it right there, doesn't it? All in. All in. Okay. David, why don't you come on up? Pastor Scott is going to help us with the microphones. And I think it's on. Let's make sure. All right. Um, here, Scott, why don't you stay right up here? Because once my hands get all wet, I'm not going to be able to help with this anymore. When did you accept Jesus in your heart? Red, this is the red mic. There you go. Go ahead. You're gone. Yeah. When I was six, watching my siblings be baptized. Ooh, awesome. And what changed in your life? Uh, I felt um, I didn't feel lonely anymore. I felt less fear. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Why do you want to be baptized today? accept God in my life. I want him to accept me. Uh, in this uh, as a sign. As a sign of forgiveness. Yeah, that's right. Sign of his forgiveness for you. Awesome. <coughs> yeah, take this one. You're the first to test the water. How is it? It's good. That's right. Okay, go ahead and sit down at your end. Put your knees. Uh, go ahead and sit down on your rear end. There you go. That's it. Okay. Um, there you go. David, Nicholas, Allison, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What an awesome morning, huh? <laughs> you know, I really thought maybe I'd be a little nervous, but I think all the jitters are elation, or joy, a lot of excitement. Um, I know a lot of you, and a lot of you I've not known. Uh, 
you might know my husband Andy a little bit more. I started coming to this church quite a number of years ago, brought by two incredible women. Because life for me has been a journey. Um, I was baptized into a church when I was a young child. Uh, I grew up in a world of knowing a whole lot of suffering and and uh, turmoil. And I used to seek answers from God. Somewhere along the way, I also found the big word of addiction. And I appreciate Danny being up here before because it probably gave me a little bravery to stand here right now. Over the years, I had played God myself because I had already judged and condemned who I was, the sinner I was, the things I did, what I represented. And and in my mind, it was all sin. I was wrong, and I knew it, and it was a dismal, dismal place to come from in this world. So I have entertained myself in and out of this building for a number of years in a search. And about a year and a half ago, um, I had recently gotten married, and my husband and I had started attending pretty regular. Last January, on the first Sunday, not last January, yeah, last January, the first Sunday of 2017, we held our first services in this room. And on that day, Pastor Brian spoke to us a whole lot about forgiveness, about this new beautiful room and what could happen in it, about regrets maybe of how it had finally, what it had taken to get it built or the turmoils we had gone through to build it. But above all, he stood here and he told us that any one of us ready to start that minute of that day forever were in the right place, that we could seek God and we could ask for forgiveness. He told us that we didn't have to be condemned or regret or live in the guilt or the shame or the fear, and it started to touch home. It seemed like words I needed to hear. And at the end of that service that day, he asked for those of us that maybe that had touched or that wanted to get rid of some burden to come stand up here, and he went through each and every person, and he prayed with each person. And I probably stood about there, Mm -hmm. and it just got stronger and stronger and stronger as he came around that group. And when it came to me, I knew, I knew that my God, my mighty God has been there with me from square one. That he had held me when I hurt, and he had cried when I cried, and he sent his son so that I could be forgiven And all he asks in exchange is for me to stand in front of you, in front of the world, on top of the rooftop, wherever it may be, and know, know that God is forgiveness, that he gave his son so that I could make mistakes. I could not always do it all right. And he loved me anyway. And so began a journey that by the grace of God, I stand here today 15 months sober. 
I stand here today with a love in my heart for my family that I have never known could be so pure. Because no matter what, there's forgiveness. Mm, hallelujah. So for today, thy will, God, thy will and not mine be done. Christy Lynn Shawcroft, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I want to invite Jim to come up here. Wow, um, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so if you were here for our one-year anniversary, one-year birthday party celebration we had here about a month ago, you met Jim. If you weren't here that morning, I, I want to introduce you to him. He is leading what we're calling Basketball Church, okay? Our Tuesday night basketball open gym night. Um, and I don't, I don't want to steal much thunder, so will you just share with us again a quick report? Uh, how many have come through, and and then a report on how many have been saved because of it, and then we've got three connected to it here tonight that or this morning that are that are going to be baptized. Awesome, thanks, Pastor. It's just an honor to be here, and um, glad to be back again. So uh, we've had um, approximately 130 uh, people that have come, mostly uh, guys, but there's been some ladies as well, and so. Um, we come every week. We average uh, right around 25 now a week that is coming. Last week we had 21, but between 20 and 25 people are showing up to play basketball. The way that it works is is every week uh, I text out a verse to everybody that's been here, and uh, they either can pay to play or they can memorize the verse, which that's what the goal is, to memorize the scripture, right? right. Put it in our hearts. So every single week we'll have 20, 22, 25 guys show up and um, and memorize and quote the verse that we send out. And then... About halfway through the night, we stop for a few minutes, and then um, we just uh, talk about that verse and what it means, and we have about a 10-minute message. And so uh, we've had um, five people give their heart to Christ um, in that time since we started. Praise God. And, uh, yeah, so that's super exciting and pretty awesome. And then a few weeks ago, um, about three weeks ago, pastor came to me, and he said, hey, we're, after Easter Sunday, we're going to do a baptism service. And um, we'd like to have you come and maybe extend the invitation to those that are coming. And so I just got so excited. Um, and so the next week after that, we talked about salvation. And then the week after that, which was just this past Tuesday, we talked about the importance of being baptized. And so, um, like I said, there was 21 people that came there. And uh, most of them were believers, and a lot of them have already been baptized. But um, what was so awesome is that, well, actually, I'll wait, and I'll share that in a second. But, yeah, so the, these guys um, decided that they wanted to get baptized. So Okay, awesome. So uh, Jim and I are going to baptize them together. So who do you want to invite So the first one would be Josh can come up here. Um, and I'll just share something real quick. And, and I, I told these guys I wouldn't put them really on the spot. But 
Um, so I'm so proud of Josh. Uh, I've only lived here um, for almost two years. And so we have kids, two of them in the high school. We have four children um, and uh, two left in high school. And so we met Josh last year, and uh, our son plays basketball. Josh plays basketball. He's a senior this year. And um, just really was blessed to get to meet him. Um, his brother as well, his name's Caleb. So we have Joshua and Caleb in the house. Isn't yep. that awesome? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I'm super excited because, you know, um, as we heard earlier today, the world tries to mark or put a label on us for who we are. And so based on the actions that we have at the moment, and um, what I love about the word of God is that in Romans 6, you know, talking about what's about to happen in our lives is we don't have those labels anymore. You know, we become dead to what we once used to live, right? And so we're resurrected with Christ. And Josh has been a true testimony of that. Um, like I said, I met him last year, and I've just seen this progression in his life, this growth, this draw to the Father. You know, we all have a purpose in life, and I've shared that with them on Tuesday nights and before, and Josh has been over a few times, and we've just talked about what that purpose is, because every one of us in this room has a purpose. Some of us know what it is, and some of us are trying to figure it out, but we were all made with a purpose, mm. and so with a name like Joshua, I know it has to be a great purpose. <laughs> so uh, anyways, that was a, a forethought on mom and dad and, and from the Lord, so um, today I'm excited um, as he's going to get baptized and make a public confession, so I'm proud of him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you take, so do, should we use basketball terminology? That would be great. We are going to dunk him? We are going to dunk him, yep, <laughs> into victory. Okay, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Climb on in here. We're going to face that wall. And I've, I've baptized somebody taller than you, I promise. So this does work. Uh, go ahead and grab your nose, and that gives me a good handle. He, you're going to call okay. it out as I take him down, okay? Praise God. Well, Joshua Bodine, we baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes. Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, praise God. This is so awesome. Well, this is Nicholas. And uh, also, again, last year, I uh, met him. He's in the same grade as my son, Vaughn. And uh, he, he is just an awesome young man. Um, I just, I really appreciate him. Um, and so I got to meet his family, too, as well. And, and God, he said he orders the footsteps of the righteous. And I think that's so amazing that he wants to order all our footsteps. He says he would, right? Well, so we lived in a particular place, and then we had to move out. And the day before we had to make a decision if we were going to go back to the Springs or live here, I got a text from his dad, who's uh, Nick Sr., and uh, he said, well, there's a house across the street. So long story, but the short of it is, is uh, we became neighbors, and so from getting to know them um, and to know their family, um, and I'm super, super excited because Nick is just, he's a stand-up guy. He works hard. He goes great at school, and, and um, he loves the Lord. And so the way the story goes, and actually, I'm going to have uh, his uh, brother, his little brother come up too. You can come up right now if you would. Okay, so this is Logan. And so what happened was is the, uh, Logan ran over to the house um, the other day, and Chris, my wife, said, um, Jim gets to do baptism at church on Sunday right down the street. And Logan, what would you say? I said that I wanted to also. Oh, I want to do that. And I'm like, <laughs> praise God. And uh, so 
It was so awesome. And I said, well, let's go check with mom and dad first. And so, um, you know, after talking to mom and dad, they were like, this is so awesome as well. And so they came. And so Nick brought Logan on Tuesday. Um, and as we were talking about baptism, and they both decided they wanted to do this. So I'm honored to have you gentlemen up here. So Awesome. Come on in. God. Well, Nicholas Warren, we baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Jesus Christ. Amen. Woo! <laughs> no towel. No towel. All right. You can just dry right there. So Logan here, he just like has like a huge chunk of my heart. Um, we go to basketball games together, and uh, his mom and dad let him come over to the house sometimes, and um, he just just literally brings so much joy to my heart um, and my wife, so uh, getting into the candy and stuff together um, at the games. And so um, I just asked him, I said, you know, why, why do you want to do this? And what did you say? I said, I just wanted the world to know that I gave my heart to Jesus. Perfect. Isn't that awesome? That's it. Awesome. Grab your nose. Almost disappeared, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Logan Warren, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I, I think you headed on out. Walk carefully, bud. Hey, look, I, um, man, that is fun. Uh, those are the ones that came ready. But I don't want to cheat anybody out of their experience. Is there anybody else here? Maybe you didn't show up ready to do this, and you might have to go home in wet clothes. We'll figure that out. Is there any? Because... But there might be somebody that's that's ready to do this. If it's a guy, I do have shorts and a t-shirt. Extra oh, there you go. If 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 you want to and you need them right over there. Anybody else? Man, wasn't that fun? Let's just give uh, one more. <clears throat> Will you stand? May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May he fill you with his peace and his presence and his power this week. Have an amazing one. See you next Sunday.
surrounds me I try to push away the need that I'm needing proof and this struggle that I have it ain't nothing new but the evidence is piling up yup you changed my heart isn't that enough you give me life that I can't